they forget about the 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 thing growing up and then like it essentially blows up and just you just hear like a bang and then next time you open the cupboard to get shit out of the cupboard fucking cider everywhere man sucks i've done that with keeper and it's right i used to store it right behind my couch why behind my couch because i was in college and so the back of my couch was covered in like milk keeper just everywhere so that couch had to go because you couldn't like scrub it out wait wait take a step back sorry what the fuck wait did, yeah. wait, did, did you actually brew cider or was it just like a sink full of like unclean dishes that was just, was just fermenting on its own? Welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast from independent validator teams. Hello and welcome to Game of Nodes, a weekly podcast from independent validator teams. And on this week's episode, we want to kick off and immediately start talking about the bizarre team tactics from team Jumbo Visma in the last two stages of the Vuelta Espana. What was Jonas Vingegaard doing uh, on stage 16 when he op- started to open up a gap with three kilometers to go? Is GC Coos a meme or is it a dream? Shortly, what do you think is happening in the DS camp at Jumbo Visma right now? Well, uh, I assume these are all words, but I can't quite identify them. <laughs> no idea them. what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Like none. Is that is that, that the title? Heavily pre-scripted. Oh. <laughs> okay, so so <laughs> so that I just assumed it was real, but I have no idea. Of course, the, the the Vuelta, which is currently happening, but uh, yeah, uh, a little bit of internecine warfare looks like it's taking hold. It'd be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, you guys kind of have a dog in the fight, right? Because the uh, the current red jersey race leader is uh, Sepp Coos, Yankee Doodle. You know, the Durango kid. What are we I talking that's a place about? In America. Durango? That's a place in America somewhere. Right, be. But what are we talking about? Are we talking about a sport? Are we talking about... <laughs> I have a feeling this is a cycling reference. Is it a cycling reference? I, it has to be. Right, For some reason, I, I feel like it was F1. I don't know why. It, it, no, F1, some people know about. Like, they were <laughs> actually recognizable names in F1. You said the word Sepkus? Is that the name that you said? Sepkus, yeah. See that one's see, that one's actually Googleable. I had to figure that one. I had to figure out it was going to be like Bob Smith or something. Sepp Coos. Yeah, that's yeah. quite the name. He's a cyclist. Oh, okay, that's yeah. that's quite the name. Sepp Coos. Sepp S E P P double P S E P P C U S S C U S S K U S S K U S S. So close to piss spelled backwards, almost. Piss, piss up, sup, piss. Um, I'm not sure that that. Yeah, You're close I mean, enough with him that you can say that, right? Yeah. You should go down to the yeah. cafe. Hey, sup. Yeah. Hey, sup, I assume he lives in Andorra, like most professional cyclists, for for tax and altitude reasons. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, so he's American. Yeah, yeah. That's why I said he's he's from Durango, University of Colorado. Which, yeah. I see it's somewhere high in America. Uh, it's in Wyoming. Maybe I think that's what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, Wyoming. That's, is, is Wyoming a high state? Uh, I mean, it can yes. be. Yeah. Generally I mean, speaking, yeah, it's quite high because it's yeah. in the Rockies. It's definitely in the Rockies. He's, he's known as a climber. So that would be, if he'd grown up at altitude, that would. 6,500 feet. So yeah, it's up there. What's that in real money? 2,000 meters? Uh, a little bit more. Yeah. 
two thousand yeah, okay, two thousand meters, that's pretty fucking high. That's like yeah. top of an Alp high. Okay, so no wonder he's quite a good climber yeah. if he fucking grew up in the in the bloody mountains. Yeah, literally. With no oxygen, right. just going up Literally, hill. Yeah, he's just used to having no oxygen at all any of the time. Anyway. Durango's in Colorado, though. Is it? Oh, yeah, I thought it was. Is. Isn't there Durango, Wyoming as well? I looked up Durango, Wyoming because I didn't recognize it. I'm from Wyoming, you know? And, uh, it's oh, no, you're right. Colorado. Colorado. My bad. My bad. You're right. It's Colorado. I got excited for a moment there. I was like, wow, someone that's actually from Wyoming? No. You're from Wyoming? <laughs> Somebody's from Wyoming doing something. I got excited for a just, moment. I was like, wow, just, my people. Just out there in the world. Just out there in the world. Not a bear or something that. <laughs> yeah. All our um, stories are about bears. My, the, the, although this is not relevant, we should move on to the news in a second. Um, my favorite thing that's happened in cycling in the last couple of years was with, um, in the Olympics, right? The, um, the the british coverage is is super strange right and we're we only ever get medals in a couple of sports but cycling is is one of them and um one of the ones that we won was cross mountain biking um the guy that won i think is about 20 years old something like that his name's tom pickock he happens to be a road cyclist um and he's very good and despite being very very young but he's not like really like a household name and they had this interview with his parents where they were obviously pissed with their friends at a pub in Yorkshire, right? And they were very Yorkshire people. So they're like very, very plain spoken. They're just like shenanigans going on in the background, stuff like this. Halfway through the interview, something just falls over in back of shot. It was amazing. But the best thing was the interviewers obviously were just like knocking through whenever a British person won a medal. They were just like, oh, quickly, interview the family. And they had none of the background. And so they just figured out oh, this guy's like 19 years old. He probably lives with his parents. This is like a real shock. And they're like, have no idea that he's like probably on a 2 million euro contract, lives in Andorra, is a professional cyclist, has done like a couple of seasons, has won some pretty major one day races. And so they interview his parents who all of their children are like really sporty in some way. Like they're like rowers or they're on, you know, the development team for gymnastics for Team GB or something. All of the kids are. And there's these two parents that are just like, oh, so it's very hot in Japan. Did um did Tom have a, a, the heat training tents that, that Team GB gave out? Did he put it up in the garden? And then his mum's just like, oh, I, I expect he put it up in his flat in Andorra where he bloody lives kind of thing. <laughs> it was great. And then uh, there's the, 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 obviously between shots, you could tell the dad was just surreptitiously swinging for a pint of beer. And at the end of the, um, at the, end of the interview, somebody, somebody had put some flowers and stuff in the edge of the shot as like a congratulations i guess while they were talking and then everything just tipped over really slowly like that just as they were saying goodbye it was it was a shambles it was great um speaking of shambles <clears throat> our our news section courtesy of rama was supposed to be live delivered by rama today but i gather he's having uh, technical issues which is why i'm having to hastily cover with some some of Frey's favorite cycling moments of the last three years. My screen keeps going blue. My I mean, I can, blue. I can share some cycling moments too. I mean, be, the world record be. for uh, racing the Great Divide, which is a 2,700 mile bike route from Canada to Mexico, just got beat. It's 12 days and 12 hours, in like 17 minutes is, is the new record. So he averaged like. 250 miles per day that's that's what from the border to the border is that what you said 
Uh, it's from Banff, Canada to the border of Mexico. Yeah. Going down the Rockies. That's a big ride. How, how miles a day? 250 how miles elevation? a day. An insane amount. I mean, you're, you're going mostly over downhill though, right? No, no. So, so you're starting off, um, at Banff, which means you are you're pretty high. You're quite high. And yeah. then you climb you're over the Rockies in Wyoming, come back down, climb over the Rockies in Colorado, come back down, New Mexico, come back down. Okay. So it, it's, I think, wait, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, insane amount of climbing, 12 days, 12 hours. Absolutely outrageous. That's like, Great. The, that's like the new cannonball, huh? That's like the, <laughs> it's the, the cyclist that's, cannonball. For yeah. That's so totally crazy. It is crazy. And the way he did it, here's how he did it. He didn't think he'd win the record, but he was like, I figured I'd try this new thing where I would ride my bike for 48 hours straight. And then I would sleep for 12 hours. And then I just repeated that a couple times. <laughs> Perfect, because he yeah. good sleep when yeah. you did. It's pretty straightforward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how long do you need to work on that? I was like, I'm going to ride a lot, and then I'm going to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a pretty devastating. Well, it's an interesting documentary. It's it's kind of low key. It's like very low budget. It's called something like um, oh, what's it called? O- on board the transcontinental race, I think. Which is it, despite. Oh. <laughs> I was, I was on the edge of my seat the learning about of this. Europe, say three day, four thousand mile. Um, I think it's three day. It's something like three or four days. Oh no, no, it's got to be more than that. I think three or four days is the quickest time people do it. In. I think it's about four thousand kilometers. Um, but there's really hard cutoff time, and if you're just a bit not fit enough to really be doing it, the cutoff time is such that you'll probably do it on that day, and you'll probably arrive on that day, but you will miss the cut because the cut is like early evening so if you basically like on that final day if you've paced it badly you will be like 50 kilometers too too slow and it happens to loads of people who are just not quite fit enough to do it in the time cut and this documentary covers like three years of it just like following some riders and following like because i think the founder had died like shortly before he'd been hit by a car and died and that's why they sort of crowdfunded this film about this um diy race basically because they were like yeah yeah maybe look left before you turn in case there's a cyclist and also here's a cool event in in his documentary in honor of the guy that died um but yeah they cover about three years of it because of covid i think they were going to do two years of it and then they ended up having like a big gap or something like that um but every time people miss the time gap by like a really small amount after being on their bike non-stop for a week and sleeping like three hours a night and stuff it's brutal i don't know why it's t- it's paced it must be like there's a, it must be like if you can ride like 200 watts or, or like whatever that is in watts per kilo for most people like i don't know if you can ride like 2.4 watts per kilo constantly forever you won't make the time cut but if you can ride 2.5 or it must be like something like they've just there's something about the average that just means that it like if you're pretty fit you'll fail but if you're you've trained your your your, your your proverbials off then you'll be fine i don't know um but it's really sad like when the great divide's a heck of a lot of fun to watch because um you know they're in the mountains most times you don't have reception and so everyone has like the garment in reach which tracks them the entire time and then you get on a they're on a web page that you can see and from like day one you'll start seeing people flip from orange where like they're active to gray where now they're just a tourer they're no longer a race just toast (laughs) 
Yeah. yeah. Was there, a, there, so, like, there was a documentary about the Great Divide on Netflix, wasn't there? Uh, like, I don't know about Netflix, but yeah, there was one um, that followed uh, Lauren, I believe. Is that Ride the Divide? Yeah. I'll put a link. They're crazy. They'll, they'll, um, the people that do the Great Divide, they'll prep by riding from like wherever they came from. So a lot of people will ride from like Juneau, mm. Alaska down yeah. to BAM for like Florida to BAM. And you're like, okay, so you're just going to do like a 3,000 mile warm up ride? Great. Perfect. Smart. I mean, that sounds like fun, man. It would, but Jesus, God. That means like you're <laughs> riding for two months. Does it though? <laughs> I mean, yeah. If that bull market had gone a bit better, where would Brady now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in the mountains with a with a Garmin and a, and a bike and a packet of crisps, probably. Um, although probably not actually, because I end up having a baby, so it'd be really irresponsible. Just a nah, sore you probably ass can't. Trying to just can't just lash a baby to the back of the bike. That's not a sensible. Well, thing. you could do a cargo bike. Like one guy, he raced the Great Divide with his dog. Get this dog's like really. I, I let me pull it up. I swear to God. So I know for a fact that there somebody has completed. So there's a a, a nine day event in the UK called the Lands End to John O'Groats. It's like not too bad. It's like whatever 130 kilometers a day, and Britain's not that hilly. Um, but I know I'm pretty certain that that somebody a couple of years ago rode it on a tandem where their young child was on the back as a non pedaling tandem rider and then there was a trailer behind i think with their baby in and then their wife was i think maybe also with the trailer i think they had three kids it was insane this whole family like did it um citation needed on that one but i think they also got their own so um one of somebody i know rode a hill climb race they were a hill climber before they became a mum. um and they rode a hill climb race when their daughter was a year old um, with their daughter in a buggy behind the race, uh, behind the bike. And um, in time trials, in regulated time trials, most of them whimsically as a relic from when this was a thing in like the 1910s or whenever, they have a separate category that you automatically get put in if you turn up on a tandem. A lot of regulation time trials can't technically stop you from lining up if you line up on a tandem because back in the day it was a thing right you just get put into your own category so if you turn up with your baby daughter in a um you know in a pulley thing and it's got wheels they just go i guess it's a tandem and then you end up winning the tandem category as the only entrant uh so there's a there's this there's this time trial out in the peak district that has like a, a standing record for the tandem and it's been set by this lady and her daughter which is quite funny that's um, pretty fun that's cool yeah, they're like I put that on my resume. That time. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just looking at you, you. Brought up this. I was looking up. I remember like some other story similar to that with the dog in the back of the bike. I remember somebody doing the same thing with like walking across the United States. Um, Forrest Gump? No, it wasn't Forrest. <laughs> Forrest did that too, right? Well, there wasn't that a plot point? That's a good point. That was. I was looking at Sh- Subway Sean, who was, <laughs> which I think it was like around the. I remember this guy from. I think it was around the pandemic who walked from New York to L.A. but only ate at Subway sandwich locations, like the whole way. It was 176 days what? of just walking and Subway. I remember this because he was live streaming like every day because he just walked literally like down. I mean, across. so 
Subway is one of my go-to meals for when I do like long bike packing rides. That and Taco Bell. Taco Bell is like the best. Really? Oh yeah. Cause it has a really low glycemic index. So like if you need energy now, you eat some Taco Bell and like you're ready to rock right now. <laughs> but Subway is actually great like value for money for like calories. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, but you need like the right calories as well. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying it's part of this complete breakfast, right? I'm just saying, like, you're going enough. on. Yeah. But this, yeah. but this is why Belgium is the best place to do long distance cycling because weirdly they have a big expat Italian community. And so everywhere, like, not because of Italian people, everywhere will serve you a, a carbonara in Belgium, like almost oh, all of Wallonia. Just bring just, it out. Yeah, yeah, like everywhere just serves spaghetti carbonara, right? <laughs> and then the beer is bottle conditioned, so it actually does have some nutrients in it. And it's isotonic because it's beer, right? So it's okay, it's a little bit dehydrating. Let's let's just put a pin in that one. Yeah. Yes, it is nine percent, which is not good for your hand eye coordination, but one or two at lunchtime. I mean, come on. Come on. Come on. Again, you're burning it off. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm, I'm just saying, it. you know. Seems like a good time. Way to do it. Stop for chocolate. Mm. I mean, that's uh, great too. Chocolate. I mean, chocolate is just legit, straight up, super good for for long rides. I mean, just sugar. You just want carbohydrate, right? On a super long ride, you just the closer it is to raw sugar. Actually, if you make your own flapjacks, that's the winning because you can put multiple types of sugar in. So you put like brown <coughs> brown sugar and then muscovado sugar, and then one of them will uh, will act differently. From the other, I guess. For for pancakes? Wait, what? No, what are you flapjack. saying to me right now? Is there a difference between a flapjack and a pancake? I thought those were the same no, thing. Same thing. Wait, what? No, flapjack's an, flapjack is a cake made of oats. Oh, not here. Okay. Yeah, not here. Same thing here. Flapjack is like uh, you get oats and you get golden syrup and then you add sugar and then whatever you want to it and then you bake it. That's the flapjack. It's an that sounds based. awesome. I'm going to look up a recipe for that right now. I can I can give you I can give you mine, my man. Uh, although I think they're about eight hundred calories per per flapjack because they're for long distance cycling. Um, I normally go with oatmeal scotchies for that. You go for what? Oatmeal scotchies. It's like an oatmeal cookie with butterscotch chips in them. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so basically yeah. the same thing because you can make because yeah. flapjack is oats, right? And and you can actually do flapjacks with oatmeal, which makes it kind of cakey in consistency. Although I don't know for the purposes, I, there was a conversation the other week about the whole cake lawsuit thing. I, I don't know whether flapjacks with oatmeal and them are biscuits or cake. I think, <laughs> I think they're still biscuits legally, probably. We are off the fucking rails here. <clears throat> yeah. Wow. So I think we need to conclude that Rama is dead. Long, He's dead. Long live the Rama, uh, and we're going to have to continue without him as um, like. Yeah, but first, huge disappointment. Huge disappointment. Huge. Uh, you know, it's nice. To, it's nice to let the interns have a crack at the prize and like you know, come out from behind the curtain. But you know, not going to happen on this occasion. So, oh yeah, dig the book let's out. Get moving. Let's um, get moving on this. Right, Schultz, you're up this week. Say when. Let's just do when. One. Ooh, we are in the section marked police. Would you like the left page or the right page? Uh, right page, fourth from the bottom forth from the bottom so the counting up yep yep (laughs) a man on a mountaintop won't stop yelling wanker the cops cannot reach him because of falling rocks (laughs) sounds like (laughs) that's a good one (laughs) 
I kind of uh, have the suspicion that the the drill guy might be English, just because almost everything in it, every single reference is like American stuff, except for there's a few of them that use bloody, and there's there's a few that use wanker, and you're just like, you guys don't really, you guys don't say wanker, don't you? Not at all. No. Can't Canadians do? But I use wanker because I think it's hilarious, and sure. I almost always get like a look from people of like, what is he saying to me? Should I be offended? And I'm like, eh, I'm just gonna move on from right there. Going all the way. It's just the greatest. It's just the greatest insult. I just it rolls off the tongue. It's so. Ah, by the way, he's from New Jersey. Really, from New Jersey, the farthest place from. (laughs) From both culturally, uh, yeah, from from yeah, he's from New Jersey. I thought so too. I I remember because I know they know who he is and like who that person is. Um, oh, he's from New Jersey. He's from New Jersey. He used to be in the Something Awful Forums, which I used to like. Been out fucking uh, twenty years ago. Maybe. Oh, really? Yeah, he was on SA. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that name too because I think it was like something else drill, but it was like, yeah, I forget what the hell it was. Um, and he used to be on oh, FYAD. FYAD, if you guys were Wind. around that shit. Yeah. Huh. SA used to be awesome. I I loved it like the early two thousands or all that kind of. Maybe it wasn't that far ago. Maybe maybe two thousand five. Maybe after that. <laughs> That was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you know, the internet was better back in the day, wasn't it? It's it was. Weird. It was a lot less shitty. Yeah. I mean, it was like, it was like objectively a lot more effort. Like everything was more effort. Yes. But it was very, like, oh, I don't know. Like it was very interestingly atomized, like just by default, mm-hmm. I think. Like when I think about like the number of random people over the years that I've known or met via like random forums and stuff like that. But then I guess like it's probably the same. I don't know. Zoomers chip in. I guess it's probably the same these days. There'll be a, there'll be a vector that's similar, but it would just be like different. I don't know influences fees or something like like Reddit feels like one of the only places that's very like the internet of old, but it's still very centralized. I guess which is like yeah, it's very. I mean back. I mean I remember pre Google when you were like basically looking things up on on Yahoo, right? Because you had. It was basically a listing, right? It wasn't search. It was just it was just you applied to have a site listed on a location, and then that would that was it was a very small list, right? I mean, it was large at the time, but it was whatever. Say it was fifty thousand sites or something. Did I mean, you have Ask Jeeves? That thing that came out before Google. Ask Jeeves. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Alta Vista, Ask Jeeves, Netscape had a, their own search, I think, early on, like based in those days. So, Did you know that Yahoo is like a massive conglomerate in Japan? Like everyone uses Yahoo. Like they don't use eBay, they use Yahoo. They don't use yeah. Craigslist, they use Yahoo. And yeah, a bunch of other things. It's wild. It's crazy that they're still around. Yeah. But but like but um wild. Genuinely like wild. those but 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 you had like a small list of sites and then there you basically branched that off to find other ones. And then you then you shared those things, right? You'd bookmark them and then you then you would you'd you'd really you know, you'd share that with some yeah, hey, I found this. Like this was cool. Um yeah, and then and then and then you start getting the, the, the just and then the you send all your friends an email that happened to have a virus in it, and they were like, yeah. "Fucking hell, man! You sent me this thing, and now my yeah. my computer is worth my family computer is a worthless piece of crap." Right. And then you're like, "Well, you should have used Linux." And then uh, you know your friends start stop stop talking to you in the playground, and then you decide <laughs> to become a Cosmos validator ten years later. I mean, it's just like uh, well, you call somebody an asshole and use uh, some sort of Usenet group, but then but your name's on it, and you realize that then they track you down and they come to your door. That'd be one thing, right? Because like it wasn't a, no anonymity back then, 
or um, like you then you do like a finger command on Unix, like you try to figure out who that person is. <laughs> remember that? Remember like you used to be able to do a finger like where it was like a finger command where you can finger at a specific address, like a like a basically a name at a, a server and it would bring back like what your full name is and all that kind of stuff because they didn't really lock those ports down back in the old finger days. And wow. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fing- like look that up. They used to be crazy because uh, back in college, I remember you could like if you had an email from anybody, you could just like do fingers and see like it would show like what their office is and like their office hours like you basically use it as like a rolodex right um and pull that data back I totally forgot about fingering yeah. yeah 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 that was crazy yeah yahoo yeah fingering that was means something day. different in the uk so it means something different here <laughs> yeah I, let's just let's what else was early days that. yeah yeah, those are um, good. Then when Google showed up like that, and then then you have, like I don't know, just the I remember like early days of like all these like MSN or maybe it was MSN. I forget who like some of the MSN original and Yahoo. maybe some of the original big properties that just had like started pulling together like weather and sports and news and shit under one domain, which was never like that before, right? It was always like, oh, this is my local news site or this is something else. And, like it was very compartmentalized, and they start getting bigger and bigger and all that kind of shit. And uh, yeah, it started. It started to get less fun. That's for sure. And now we have Twitter. And now we have X. Oh, but not for much longer at current at current rate of play. So I don't know. Um, still losing. <laughs> imagine my surprise. It turns out it's still losing money because the leadership at the top is garbage. Yeah. Um. So in the absence of our glorious intern, shall we do a bit of uh, a bit of news corner without null? Null is um, gone walkabout. He's gone to Belonga Null, and <laughs> he's 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 like the point. Right, so w- he went to Cosmoverse last year, and he pissed off the cartel in Medellin. And we all know what happens to an Australian person that pisses off an American drug dealer or drug cartel. Eventually, they're in the bush, engaging in shenanigans, trying to lead them on walkabout. So they can, via a series of convoluted but non-lethal means, disarm all the henchmen and eventually bring them to the justice of the Australian police system. Because they, you know, doing that in America, it's difficult. There's regulations and laws and stuff. So instead, you know, it's just crocodile hats on out into the bush. That's how it works, right? Uh, um, I think machete is also required, but I could be machete required. There. Maybe a crocodile skin vest. Yeah, yeah. Which kind of like it, it sort of makes sense, right? To to break the break the meme for a second, break the fourth wall and go. It's interesting, of course. That film is an American film, right? Is you're, no, it's not. Is it really? You're yeah, like Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, you you guys, you guys <laughs> yeah, love yeah. that meme, that Australian meme, as yeah. much if not more than the American. That's a true like, story. I thought that was a documentary. Steve Irwin is bigger <laughs> in America than in Australia. Rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, Noel had to break that gently to me whenever he was staying over here. That to, to Australians he wasn't anything, and then for like Americans it was. We, just, we talked about it late night. It's like, what's wrong <laughs> with you people? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, what? You can't say that. <laughs> I follow his son on Instagram. What do you mean? <laughs> I think he made fun of us for that and Mr. Rogers and one. There was one other personality. I forget what it was, but it was like Steve Rowan and Mr. Rogers. Like, yeah. And Schultz and I were like, "Fuck you, man!" Like, <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> Mr. Rogers is the weird. Like, I thought that that was a joke, and then like I realized it was a real thing. And I then will cut you, you. You do a little bit of looking around, <laughs> and you're just like. Don't you bad talk, Fred. You're like, this guy can't be real. He like, was real. 
God damn it. Well, so the thing is, we had people like that in the UK, right? And then we had this thing called Operation U-Tree, which was a, a wide-ranging investigation into historical wrongdoing. And uh, <laughs> I'm sure. now we don't have any everything. beloved children's everything's, characters everybody's like gone. anymore. There, yeah. there are none left. It turned out that it was all too good to be true. <laughs> yeah. That's like that's like Pee Wee Herman. Like you, get, you get one blowjob and then your whole life's work is down the down the train. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Pee Wee no, didn't Mr. wait I mean, compared to like like other things. I mean, Pee Wee didn't do nothing. Then you got shit on that for a long. That's is like that really uh, all it was. Yeah, I thought. I th- I, well, I thought it was a. I thought it was a. I could be wrong. I thought it was like a a, um, a call girl in a public movie theater or something like that. Something like that. I forget. And what about Hugh Grant? Same thing. Yeah, all, all, you he know, got fucking pulled out. Yeah, he's like Teflon Don though. Like he just <laughs> he just rolled off. He's like, yeah, eh. <laughs> God, it sucked. Everybody, <laughs> everybody would have had it done. Um, no, but but Fred, I, I, no stories came out about Fred. You got keep your keep yeah. your keep your what what is that group called that goes back and shits on everybody's history? Historians. No, <laughs> no, the investigative the, journalists, the one that you just mentioned, police detectives. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I honestly don't know where we're going with this, um, <laughs> but oh my uh, god! Anyway, back to Steve Irwin. Oh, there we go. Let's get, Steve Irwin. Let's get finally someone can do the news. Finally, <clears throat> well, I'm uh, hello. I made hello. it. I've got. I'm on makeshift here. Pulled out the old portable computer. Those are called okay. like mobile right. tops, right? Is that what those are called? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's this new fandangle technology we just got here in Australia. <laughs> um, well, usually it's like this bulbous looking device <laughs> with the corded keyboard and mouse. But this one, like you, you can move it around and stuff. Like, woo. Ooh. Yeah. Look at that. Wild. Latest technology. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You're looking well. Right, congrats. You're looking good. The bear market, uh, bear market plus children seem to be. Uh, Doing well for you. The the lighting's I don't I had the room light on and then it was flickering. I guess that you know this new fandangle technology can't hit, keep up with my sixty hertz uh, <laughs> light bulb or something like that. Just hertz? wait till capacitors get to Australia. Things will change. <laughs> it's be amazing. Yeah. It's be amazing. Is that is that the bucket you used to take water from the well behind hanging behind you? Is that what you guys use? Yeah, I, I think. <laughs> um, uh the it's wife pretty- decided that it would be really nice to put a plant in the office that uh-huh. that was the plant um <laughs> it it did not survive the, I, the, I don't know why the is the lighting it's anyway. not bad um in, in our yeah, shed office, it, somebody had the same idea where they were like man this place is it's bleak we keep saying we're going to repaint the walls but not because it's a shared office and all of us work for different companies you know, we never seem to get around to it. So I'm going to take the initiative. I'm going to buy some pots, you know, some hanging fancy pots because we have like these big steel I beams. We're in like a loft. Um, we'll put the pots. We'll hang them down. It's going to be great. It's going to be like hanging garden vibe. And predictably, right? What happens? They get like four. All dead. The plants die quickly, and then the taller people in the office start hitting their heads on the pots, and then the pots start falling until there was just one. Uh, mesh you know like the rope bag that the pot came in with no pot in it hanging down from the middle ba- middle beam in the room that was all that was left just one sad empty scrotum of a of a pot holder <laughs> um 
and and it was quite a good metaphor for like the tragedy of the commons if you're a, if you're into economics it was like one person put in all the effort and the rest of us did nothing and now we can't have nice things um though what we should i mean the actual solution probably was just like taxation somebody should have said hey can everybody just chip in a hundred we're all we're all too lazy we're all too busy can everybody just chip in a hundred quid we'll just get in a painter and paint the fucking place that's what we should have done well get you know here's what i'll say to that <laughs> the biggest one of the biggest life-changing things i've had was paying someone to mow my lawn they come out twice a month 70 dollars a month and it's like life-changing no longer have any of that stress. It looks better than as if I'm going to do it. That's an American and Australian problem. Let me tell you. <laughs> Seriously, my lawn, my lawn is like eight inches because it, it just fres- stresses the shit out of me too. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I exactly. Mean, I it does. Like I have no time for my it. garden is three, four foot by six foot or something like that. The lawn's about that to big. It. Yeah. Yeah. I have a manual See, mower. <laughs> just like this, a this is this thing. is the thing that's the, the actual wow. You, you haven't got new you know motors either. Um, interesting. We had them, and then it's we did Brexit, right. and now there's a shortage of motors. So we've just <laughs> we've just gone back to you know, it was it was good enough for um, your granddad. In fact, this was your granddad's. You know, there's no new <laughs> motors, so we're just going to have to resharpen the old ones, lads. Blitz spirit. Yeah, I, I think this is like a fundamental issue with uh, the modern uh, male. It's like I'm just going to get someone else to come in and cut my grass. I, I can't handle this. I can't do it. It's, you know, have pride in your property and your lawn. All right. If you can't trim your lawn, then how are you going to hold a wife? All right. Says Fundamentals, the, boys. That's the man with the empty hanging flower pot behind him. <laughs> at least, at least take the fucking my, dead, take see, the dead plant out of your man. <laughs> this is like <laughs> the most Australian thing. Where this thing, like, I can't do shit about. My grass outside, fucking awesome. Like, oh, no. it's, yeah. it's very Australian to come on. <laughs> Boundaries, like, right? Look, the problem is that you right, Americans right. are getting cocked by your lawn. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> yep, exactly. Uh, all right, do some news. We're, we're excited for actual, right. a real, like a real news. Re- real news. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Game face. Shit. Pressure's on. Uh, so, is just, all your uh, keeping is up? It, is it always negative? What do you mean? No. It, is there positive no negative here? here? Okay. All right. Yeah. Check. No, no. The, first off the rank, the big news, the big shelling point of Cosmos now. Um, no more when USDC. It's here. I, I don't. No one knows how to get it. I think businesses have to get it first. You have to buy it, right? From but this Circle. Is, yeah, but this is the problem with Circle, right? Is that Circle at the gateway is garbage because if you're in the UK, you can't fucking use it with a business account. But positive news. <laughs> positive news, spray. All right. Circle USDC native Circle. USDC is here. Okay. It's here. I feel it's blessed. Here. I like feel generally, absolutely generally blessed in the area. It's near. It's near. It's it's, it's here adjacent. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you, if you are able to, and you are a business, you can buy it um, and then put it in your D app. That's what I got from the Circle website. Um, but it's here, and it's native, uh, and you know you're going to be able to IBC it when someone buys it. Uh, and then adding to that, this part I think is really cool. You know, the, you know, it's here. That's kind of nice. What they're looking to do though, is like bridging between, oh, I'm about to run out of battery. So I'm in all sorts of shambles. (laughs) Fucking hurry up. (laughs) Um, they're going to be using a a squid router, uh, circles transfer protocol and IBC to enable one-to-one 
ETH to DYDX swaps in one click. So ETH USDC to DYDX USDC, one click, one transaction. Like, okay, it's cool. Mm. Yeah, kind of similar to the way a USDC works on a sex across multiple different Ethereum-based chains, right? Same type of thing. Like, it's just USDC. Yeah, and you'll only pay like 40 cents per dollar to do it. I'm jacked. I'm jacked to the test! Good. Do you feel it? No. <laughs> wow. Sorry. That one in there. Oh, do we? I'm just wandering you... through the house. You want? You want the? You can get the live view of wandering through the house to get the uh... <laughs> to get the power cord. <laughs> this is the live news. Breaking news right here. The breaking news reporter news. is about to run out of battery. That is the uh, most so... Australian hat I've ever seen in my life. That's what Look I was just about to say. <laughs> that's yeah, that's your, my hat. Where's your snake vest, it's literally, man? Do you get that? It's, at it's birth? an Akubra. It's it's the Australian hat. Doesn't yeah, get yes. any more do you get yes, that? That's like, true. Is that like at birth? Do they give you that? Like, is that is that given away? Like, uh, uh, like that one was birthday present. Uh, so you don't have to have a subscription for it. When he was born, <laughs> it was they literally the put on the baby. Oh. They're like, he's big. He's a bit big for you now, Nipper, but you'll grow into it. <laughs> Here's your birth so you certificate. Never, Here's your hat. You never get this. <laughs> 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 I would never give you a walkthrough from through his house uh, ever. Uh, well, that's no, because if he walked, that, if he walked through that door at the end of the room, it would be into his. It'd be up a flight of stairs and into his parents' house. So True. they'd probably tell him off, right? <laughs> yes, Mom. <laughs> All right. Um, we can I make fun of him all he wants because he never goes back to these shows. So it doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want. Exactly. I'll never hear yeah. any of this, so it doesn't make a difference. I once exactly. uh, once Noah called me to ask me about something, and I heard somebody shouting at him in the background. I was like, "What's all that?" And he was just like, "Oh, I'm going out of the house to get a coffee, and that's my that's my mum shouting at me to get a coffee." It's <laughs> <laughs> like actually, context is not important here because it's just obviously wow. more of my evidence that he lives in a basement. The That's the important thing of a cosmos value. Um, yeah, <laughs> why okay. no corks on hats? So USDC That's... here, but we need some big, buy big, big regulated US based company to go buy a bunch of it, exchange it for shit coins on Osmosis, so that the rest of us can buy it permissionlessly, and then we can have, and then we can we finally can all, have the thing we're after. We can always lo- we can all lose money together. Yeah, exactly. Well, so the way I see it is right. Um, Osmosis Foundation's got like 1.5 mil in USDC on Omar's mm-hmm. uh, supplying um, USDC. They can just one-to-one swap it, uh, you know, get some, yeah. sell it, get some circle. And now, you know, we can fight amongst ourselves for the 1.5 mil USDC on Osmosis. Well, it looks like there has been uh, $1.8 million in USDC minted, but a grand total of $4 IBC'd out. So that's nice. I, I'm not sure if you. I, I don't think IBC is enabled just yet. You, you can buy it. Just, just mm. get inflated for now. Hey, it's stop, stop yucking my yum. You know, bringing the mood down. I'm not bringing uh, the mood down. I'm just saying it's funny that only four dollars have been IBC'd out. <laughs> I bet it has been out. IBC'd out because they would have need to get the denom from Osmosis somehow. I suppose they probably could have built it manually, but it probably would have been too easier to be like, I'll just shoot over. Right here it is. Yeah. yeah. I know Kuji and stuff uh, do this. I don't know how they do it, but they they like pre um, they precede it or something and be like, "Hey, look, we're we're ready for native USDC." All the wallets apparently too are already. So I don't know how you do that when you don't have the denom. Well, you can build the denom because it's a function of like 
the origin denom and like the chain ID and something else. It's pretty easy like to build. Microdenom and yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, they yeah. just build it and then put it in their D app. There you go. Anyway, um, you know, I'd just like to quickly, um, you know, I think uh, people that are very important to this around USDC, we've got to thank them all, all of their hard work, all of their building, incredible feat. Uh, can't wait for all of that liquidity to flow in. It's going to happen. DYDX going to be the catalyst, you see. Uh, next news agenda, MetaMask snaps open beta. It is mm-hmm. here. Got a little bit of front run by Leap a couple of times and Shade uh, on their own announcement, but officially MetaMask snaps betas here. Uh, multiple chains and wallets have already announced it, as I said, Leap, Shade, um, but now Cosmos has got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I believe over the next few days, we'll start to see, you know, more apps like Osmosis, et cetera. I think Cosmos Kit probably yep. look to adopt it and get it. Uh, at the moment, there's only like a handful of chains or D apps using it. Uh, Stargaze uh, used it the other day to buy an NFT. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Jorge did it. Yeah, saw that. It's cool. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And it, uh, it doesn't support Ledger though, right? Not to wait, hold on. Are we still in the positive section of the podcast? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't. I'll, Is that I'll true? Yeah, it does. Uh, so there are already. a couple of limitations. So within the native wallet itself, you can't do like send transactions. So you can really? you have your yeah. So you need the D app to have a send function. The wallet mm. doesn't have a send function. So there are a couple of limitations. And I think you know it wasn't officially announced, but if you check like Sam Hart, who is kind of leading it from a biz dev side, he said that the first iteration is going to be quite limited. Um and- and to be clear, so, this is the it's a snap beta that got released, right? So it's not like it's a cosmos. So there's a ton of add-ins or snaps that got released on the same day because MetaMaster released it, right? So correct. it's new for everybody. It's new for every yeah. for every ecosystem. So I yeah, that makes sense. So so it's gonna take time to, to mature and all that kind of good stuff. Exactly. And I think uh the big kind of news story here for me is uh like, you know, we're gonna have MetaMask, it's gonna, you know, 35 million users. Uh I think, you know. Not to be too negative, but you you need to have some form of like go to market strategy with yeah. that to attract new users. They're not just going to come because Cosmos. Uh, and I haven't seen anyone have a plan for its release. And I think that's kind of the biggest disappointment in a sense for me. It's like, hey, it's here. We've got some functionality. Let's have a plan where we can onboard some users. Uh, who are they going to be? Uh, yeah. How are we going to do that? While I agree, I, I do think that the MetaMask integration itself is a huge deal. Um, Whenever I have to like go to Solana and download Phantom, I'm always like, you know what? I don't know if I'm really that interested in this network. So I don't know. I I I absolutely see the criticism for sure that like there needs to be more holistic approach to like completing the picture for people that want to come over. But even just getting this step, I think is pretty incredible. Oh, definitely right, and it's it's going to remove a massive blocker, which is ETH people don't like to touch other wallets, and they're not going to you know create a new wallet. So it's it's a good news there. I think well, it's because ETH, ETH uh, users are basically Windows users in like 1998, and they just want to use IE. Jeez. You know, I would accept that criticism. Except, how many wallets now have had exploits where people lost their mnemonic because they started using that other wallet? Like, there's, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, fair, but like MetaMask, it doesn't feel like the safest either. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't trust it any more than. I, I agree. And the interface of it, I think, kind of sucks. Yeah, it's a little it basically is the same as it was when it launched. I mean, there's a few small differences, but it's not it's not super fun to use. It's it's similar to Kepler, like, well, Kepler 1, which was, it was clunky, but once you learned how it thought, it was very straightforward. Like, oh, I know exactly yeah. what's going on here. 
Yeah. And then I think Kepler two lost that a little bit because there's, you have to like kind of relearn how they're thinking about the chain structure and, and uh, you know, like the idea of being able to, to allow specific coins on each individual wallet that you have and all that kind of shit, which is kind of a pain in the ass. I think um, that, um, but, sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. No, I was going to say, so, so I think that'll happen here as well. Cause I mean, I, I, I fucked with it a little bit. I didn't do any transactions, which I it was it's associated with the ledger, but I was able to at least log into some sites and see some stuff. Um, and it, and I, I think you had a note here also, Rammer, about like the the scary kind of warnings that come up with that. And there was there was a shitload too. It was like, hey, this <laughs> like the wording <laughs> the wording check. was not great. Like the wording was like, I I, I should have taken a screenshot of it, but but maybe we, we will can take control through. of your cosmos assets. I think it's exactly what it was like. We, this you this are going to allows, get allows that allows you to take control of like Adam, and it allows you to take control of this. And there was a list of like seventy five of them, right? Um, and the launch yeah. chains in that in that first integration were not um not what i thought actually it was i think it was cosmos and osmosis and a couple other ones but there was a couple like like metablock was in there and a bunch of like old school stuff in there as well um but some other newer ones like stride wasn't in there Ubi wasn't in there by old um, school, sorry, we, shit chains you said but. yeah i mean i mean use your own definitions but but yeah like the wording was a little bit weird it was like we'll take control of your atom and all that kind of stuff but um but it, i mean at least it logged in and and I also don't, you can't see your, you can't see those tokens within the wallet right yet. I don't think so. It's still, it still takes, uh, there, there's, it's, it's got a ways to go. Right. But it's very D app focused, right? So yeah, it's, it's yeah. not very wallet focused. It's very D app focused. So if the, if the D app doesn't provide the functionality of, you know, mint NFT, send TX, et cetera, um, you, you're likely not going to see it within the, the MetaMask wallet. Yeah. Uh, essentially all it's doing is, signing the transaction it's signing which, yeah it's you're right it's a it's a signing interface is really what it is right so which i guess also non-ledger so it, it kind of limits it as well but hopefully those things will be i think that pontum is a great iteration on metamask like it was pontum is is a it's a wallet on the aptos ecosystem and they kind of start their interface with the metamask interface and they kind of iterate on it just a little bit and in my opinion their interface is really like the final form like if you want to do metamask right metamask right you do pontum yeah it is yeah yeah i i agree even even with i mean they also don't deal with the multi-chain thing as much right they're dealing with multi-wallet but like the whole thing like it's a tough ui experience when you're talking about multiple different chains and you have the same wallet which might have the same key structure but slightly different across those and like it's not it's not the easiest ui challenge to solve but and especially in cosmos like i I don't know how they're going to do that but if if um like they granted access to whatever this 20 chains are. If all those things show up as tokens in the MetaMask wallet, people are going to hate that shit, right? Um, like they don't want to see that because right now it's really permission to be able to add a token within there. And I think you have to have a, you know, you don't have to have a balance, but at least you have to have a, like you have to have something to be able to initiate that structure where that gets shown um, or to, or to go out and search and see if you have a balance on a, on a different ERC 20. And so maybe that would have to be the same because you wouldn't want to see this big long list of, which I think MetaMask or Kepler does right now, right? So I think it's the reason they hide some of those types of things because they don't want to show 75 or 100 different chains with zero balances on them. Anyway, that, yeah, but anyway, it's good stuff, right? I think it's a, it's a starting point and, and uh, we'll see what comes next. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. Uh, it was it was always fun, like jumping in and being like, hey, like I'm using MetaMask to buy an NFT and, uh-huh. uh, you know, play around with it. That was, that was cool. So uh, hopefully we, we get some adoption from it and let's see version two. So do you think that who who owns the go to market there? Like is that is that a I mean there's AA DAO did some sponsoring of this to be able to help build some of these. Leap has their own. The, I, do, does Stargaze 
is it is it like say an NFT? It's Stargaze obviously has a now they have a, a not the w- most beautiful but a inroad to a, a tremendous more of amount of users. So each chain has their own GDM go to market around each of each of that, right? Or is there? Do you think there's a centralized entity that does a larger go to market around being able to show MetaMask users that this world has opened? I think it should be both. I think something like either AADAO or you know even ICF should be leading a broader go-to-market strategy for Cosmos. You know, you can yeah. you know now using your MetaMask wallet, you can connect to Cosmos. Uh, you know, here's how to do it. Here's various apps that are supported, etc. Uh, I think that should be what they're doing from a holistic approach. But then individually, I think whoever's trying to capture some of that liquidity that's coming across should have their own go-to-market strategies, right? So. Uh, you know, Neutron, Osmosis, Stargazers as examples, or Shade as examples, they should be having a plan to onboard users. And I suggested this to the Stargaze team is bring back the original Stars airdrop, but modify it for MetaMask users mm-hmm. and wallets and specifically target your audience, right? Who is your audience? It's going to be NFT whales, right? You don't want to airdrop to the plebs. That's very obvious. Right. They're just going to farm your stars and leave. So uh, some things that you could do as examples would be the original airdrop was like task and claim based. So first thing yep. is like bridge $500 from ETH to stars, right? If you do that, you're eligible to collect some stars. Uh, mint, uh, an open edition minter um, for free, you can claim some stars. Uh, LP, some stars, USDC uh, in a pool, you can claim some stars, like locking yep. it up. So then yep. you're, you're incentivizing them and bringing them across and getting them involved in both the token and the platform. Yeah. And things like, you know, listing an NFT or buying an NFT, you can then claim some stars, uh, whether it's vested or not, whatever. There's obviously a risk there, but at least you're attempting to bring across liquidity over uh, the bridges and getting those uh, NFT whales involved. And, you know, he's had to buy a, a bad kid, come and do it and claim some stars as an example. You know, sure. You don't want to shill, shill bad kids all the time. It's I think it's well, a bit played out, but like. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. They're the only blue well, chip. They're the only blue chip. They're the only real blue chip in our hearts. But the but the tooling is there. I I that idea. It's that's basically like a Stargaze welcome pack, right? Like you you build some structure around some specific activities that you want to be able to have, and and those types of things, which I, I think makes sense. Like, and I, I guess the benefit is, um, I mean, it's I'm, I'm just so disappointed with the Stargaze price because at under a cent, it's I think it's anything that's under I think a cent in the USD is still I think people look down on that as a project even though i think that is one of the best projects in the ecosystem like in i think it's best one of the best projects in crypto um and i think that that really undermines the value and the quality of the tooling um the quality of the, the some of the projects on there and and everything else that's coming behind that like I, that that's the only part that really disappoints me but i guess that's you know it's a mix of things that create that but I think there's, that makes there, sense. There's some challenges, right? Like I think uh, there's, you know, the um, the pools that, are, uh, you know, NFT pools are coming out soon. I think, yeah. you know, pairing your NFTs against stars. Uh, I think utilizing um, liquid state stars across the marketplace would be a lot better. So, you know, rather than just using native stars, you can lose liquid state stars. You can list and buy against liquid state stars. Uh, and, and again, I harp on this for days and days and weeks and weeks, uh, getting their own pair against USDC will support and strengthen the token rather than being only paired yeah. against osmosis um that's yeah. one of it's obviously not the issue but it's one of the issues that they face um but that's not that is that does dydx singly single-handedly solve that problem or that's like is could you do DYDX? that as well does dydx 
you talk about like in terms of like one click across from Ethereum USDC to Cosmos USDC and like really making that seamless associated that are you, are you relating that idea back to the DIDX thing or just in general? That's that's just Squid Router and I think it's either GMP or CCTP. Um, mm. The you know Axelar etc. The the bridges are making that one click experience and packet forward middleware from my yeah. understanding. So it doesn't. That's just the bridging. Um, you know, pooling against USDC for your sovereign L1 is critical. Getting away from uh, other tokens that are having downward pressure, and then yeah. obviously Stargaze itself needs to figure out its its token. Right, like you're minting everything in stars. The, you're yeah. selling on secondary in stars. People are going to take their profits in stars, and it's going to put downward pressure on the token. So you need to solve that problem. Uh, either you know burn more tokens, or enable people to list in other tokens that don't put pressure on the token. So, which I think is coming, right? I think that, that was also it's a good thing that USDC has just entered the uh, has just entered player two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and I think now that Cosmos Hubs uh, deployed the liquid staking module, um, I think we'll probably see other chains start to do it soon. So I think it would make sense for stars to put LSM on there. And then all that stake stars, you can now have liquid. Uh, you can pair it against your NFTs, still you know, staking, uh, increase the staking amount on the chain, and then use it in DeFi and uh, LP it, et cetera. So wasn't, wasn't there already stride liquid staking module exist? Like what's different? Yeah. With Instant unbond. So the liquid staking module takes your staked stars or, or atom and enables you to instantly unbond it into a liquid stake derivative that you can use elsewhere. So the only difference between that and SD atom is what? Just the the, the unbonding, unbonding period, period to be able to, Oh, okay. All right. So it, it bypasses the unbonding period to be able to turn that into liquid staking. Yeah. Okay. Which we're about to get to. So a nice little segue there. Uh, the Cosmos Hub exit liquidity module is now live. Um, private little groups will know, uh, why that one's funny. Um, I'll I'll read the headline. Sorry. Uh, exit exit liquidity module. I'm sorry. I I think it's very important to bring up (laughs) that we've had two headlines in a row, which you've not read your own snippy headline. Um, let's I be did. honest. Well, let's be honest. You give you would give Null a lot of stick if he did not read that verbatim. Mm. I, I read it. It's Cosmos Hub Exit Liquidity Module is live. He laughed, enabling it, all yeah. previous bag holders to convert their staked atom into a receipt token, which they can use to obtain ST atom via Stride. Uh, a little bit of uh, sorry. You could also do it via persistence if you wanted to, but we all know that you know ninety percent of it's going to be Stride. Um, a little bit of tech talk here, which is rather interesting. I was listening into the uh, liquid stake module call with Stride and Informal. Uh, and when you get your, uh, you tokenize your atoms from your staked atom into your tokenized atom, which is your unbonded atom, uh, you then move it to Stride and get staked atom. You can then use that wherever and however you want. Uh, Stride then has an obligation to stake atoms back into the validator set. Right. Uh, the way that that's currently operating is that there's one interchain account for all staked atom. It's like 3.5 million atoms. Uh, and there's a limitation within, I believe, the SDK module where you can only do seven redelegations per month. Uh, so what they do is they actually hold that on atom the unstaked atoms as an NFT until they hit their monthly redelegation cycle. What? 
that word for word, please confirm it from the space that I is that I linked in the. But it's <laughs> it's in the recording. So that seems like a, so that seems like a limitation that could be is that a, that could be a governance change, right? In terms of changing the. Re- I don't think that's a param- yeah. I don't think it's a that's parameter. Not a fundamental SDK I, think so. thing. I think it's a yeah. code side limitation. Yeah, there's Seven. there's a lot of limit. There are quite a lot of limitations with uh, interchange accounts because they're still like quite early days. Um, and there's a lot of here be dragons type stuff in the code. Well, I see that that's not a limitation in ICA though. That's just a a staking limitation. You can only undelegate seven times per month, or maybe in a account. period per account. Yeah, it's so the interaction the, the, the between challenge, staking. The, the challenge is the way that Stride is doing their delegations, and this isn't right. Other other D apps have had this. So uh, Cosmos Millions, uh, what are they called? Um, the uh, vaults on Osmosis, uh, Quasar had the same oh, issue. Quasar. Yeah. <laughs> so both of those uh, using inner chain accounts faced the same issue. Uh, after the fact. So they went live, realized that they hit their redelegation or undelegation cap mm. uh, and users' accounts funds were just locked. So the solution that they've come up with is to use multiple accounts and do batching yeah. to handle it. Uh, it seems like Stride just wants to have one account uh, and they'll just do their delegation once a month. So there, so there is a, what's the expectation of, of loss with that sitting on the sideline, because I mean, while it sits while it sits in that in that structure, it's not earning, right? So there's a loss in terms of APR. So they just do the math to figure out and lower that expectation based off this weird NFT monthly staking structure. Yeah, I, I didn't. I was listening to it. It's like two AM or something. I fell asleep, but I listened to that part and I just thought it was noteworthy. And uh, yeah. yeah, essentially, they they handle their delegations and redelegations once a month. Uh, the delta is sitting there waiting in between and you probably just suffer a small hit. What yeah. happens if there's a slashing event with the validator that they're separate that they're delegated to? That's going to cause them a pretty big economic problem. They do a governance proposal and everybody just forgives it and they move on. Uh, of course. Yeah. We just rewrite mm. the ledger. ledger. I think that's what we do. I think we just ignore the rules. That's right. But wait, we... aren't they, but they're a fucking, they're a fucking silly, silly balls chain now, aren't they? I see us. <laughs> ICS can't the rewriting the ledger just got a lot harder, right? Because you you stop your ledger, you stop consensus for other um, that other chain, the one they brought up with it. Neutron, no, yes, yeah. yeah, yes. So They're, they don't have to they don't have to fork though, right? They just I thought they just governance propped that out and figure out a way. Well, maybe I don't know how they do that actually. Mm, I think so. You if you get to- slashed on Adam, you just get slashed. If you get slashed on a consumer chain, you've got to go through the. Uh, slashing prop so that's my that's, right. so that's but that's the thing if you get slashed on atom then you have to do shenanigans on latin then you're in trouble yeah so so your point being if a if an atom validator gets slashed that holds a significant amount of these stride bonded tokens caveat to that where you're forgetting the one of the greatest features of the liquid stake module is that we centralize all this staked atom into 32 validators hands <laughs> so the select 32 the cream of the crop primo mm. validators that we don't slash they, they they just fundamentally don't get slashed um all of the other validators who offer liquid staking their stake and their liquid tokens for their delegators go to these other 32 to centralize the chain so problem Perfect. solved i hope it's 
Right, but those in there? 32 can still be slashed. Technically, <laughs> yes, but they're, 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 the, they're the best. That's why they're getting they're all the best. Well, I mean, I used to give them they're the best. We're, we're obviously not, mm-hmm. not disagreeing with that. I'm sure that there are some names in there that we all think are, you know, the most professional outfits to ever grace this earth. But, you know, let's imagine a narrative where one of those guys gets slashed, then that's going to cause all hell of problems when you're looking at downstream economic effects. It's like a god it's like an actual it's like an actual economy but like an economy only built on derivatives i mean i can't think of a time that this has ever gone wrong in human history so it's probably going to be fine <laughs> should be fine should be fine should be. but hey it's all right because we got we got fear in the current in the uh in the ecosystem now finally so mm-hmm. um we can build some and derivatives on top of that which would be cool we've got all this ec- you know additional economic stimulus through the ecosystem now that we'll be able to recover from it really easy because all that previously staked atom that was securing the hub is now liquid uh, and we can use it and, and, you know, generate some inflation elsewhere. Lots of inflation. Yeah. I mean, this is all like, it's all really, really good news before America goes into an election cycle that caused them to fall into a civil war. So (laughs) I, I for one, I'm looking forward. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) <laughs> America's like, are like, nah. I'm not stockpiling. I'm not stockpiling babies. Like, that would be, be madness. That would be, be fine. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not putting a bunker in the backyard. It's fine. I'm. I'm just. I just want to. I'm. I'm just buying up a supply of NATO flags to sell as like uh, souvenirs when day one, you know, Lemonhead yeah. uh, withdraws from NATO and it becomes a, a footnote <laughs> in history books. I'll be like, I'll be that guy on eBay get underscore your underscore nato underscore flags underscore 1985 <laughs> selling selling nato flags historic replica uh, historic memorabilia 100 euro a piece niche market he's cornered it he bought them all he bought them all before the guy even got elected he knew it was coming insider trading don't know what other flags what other flags would be uh consigned to the history books the ukrainian one probably because he'll just sell out sell them out to the russians so <laughs> Buy up your Ukrainian flags too. That's a dark one. Sorry about that, Ukrainian listeners. Slava Ukraini. We have one. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe two. Had. Had one. <laughs> Had. Yeah. Had. Hey, look, if it was my call, uh, if it was my call, you know, we'd be spending we'd Raytheon would be spending a lot more time producing javelin missiles for Ukraine. That's that's all I'm saying. Anyway. <laughs> Back to uh, yeah, that's, a great, that's a great segue um, into our next uh, news topic, which is all about friends. Um, I heard of it. Uh, so there's uh, two things that I wanted to talk to. Uh, Stargaze looks like they're shipping uh, lots of features related to community. Um, uh, one of the devs uh, released uh, a new on-chain community chat. Uh, so it's tied to your you know, stars wallet. Uh, ibc.chat is where it is and uh, you can go in there you can dm other wallets you can create groups and you can chat uh without transactions but it's it, you know your id is your star name do you know who did that so that's kind of cool yeah the tweet is uh in the in the spreadsheet oh, okay. um i don't know the gentleman's name i haven't uh, heard of him too much before but they Fabian ship that which is cool is the yeah. is the twitter account so who is it oh is that- it fabian so it leads leads me go. to conclude it must oh. it may well be Fabian Penso. It is Fabian Penso. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 
we work with him because he does a lot of the stuff behind the scenes at Stargaze, and I think he's part of Stargaze team now. Or oh, is he I part think? of Stargaze team now? Uh, maybe it may be tangential. I don't know, but um, I know he handles a lot of the stuff related to Constellation and some of the market uh, behind the okay. scene marketplace I, structure. I, I, know he's, kind of stuff. I know he's a dev. Like I met him, met him in yeah. the early days. Uh, we talk all the time, actually, just because he he uses some RPC stuff and and. Um, we pin all he provides a we pin all the IPFS stuff for Stargate, so he provides a link or a feed for that based on what's coming through testnet to mainnet and all that kind of good stuff. So that's really cool. I didn't know that 49 people waiting to be let in. Oh, I need an invite code. Time to work the back channel. Yes. Yeah, Is this similar to um the one on secret? Uh what's it called? I don't remember. I'm losing I'm losing track. But they <laughs> had this on secret, right? So I think the intention is to have this for, you know, the interchain or for whatever chain you wanted. Uh, one of the comments of the news article here was, uh, I thought was quite hilarious. Like the minute that was posted, uh, Zaki jumped into the replies and he's just like, can we make this token gated and uh, only access for a certain amount of staked atoms uh, so we can use it for governance? Uh, <laughs> so I, I had to take the opportunity to, uh, to quote retweet and shit post on it. So I was like, the poor and the new are not allowed to speak to governance. You will listen to the rich and the old God. I jumped and, in there. Uh, I'm like, I'm like, isn't that exactly what current cosmos, cosmos governance is? That's exactly what it is. This fucking, it's all validators voting. What do you want? How much more centralized going to be than elected officials? Come on now. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. So it's like, Hey, yeah. here's this fun community thing. You know, you can get involved and chat with your NFT community. No, we will token gate this. And this is for <laughs> us to discuss official governance business. And if you're a pleb, you are not allowed in. But it's like, uh, no, it's, it's like fun. a song off the wall or something. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of a Pink Floyd song, just exactly about built of that. Yeah, yep. Uh, and then the second one, which was kind of subtly released, was uh, Shane from Stars. He's uh, done like a four hundred line Cosmos version of Friends.Tech. Uh, so it's look, I think he's looking to kind of get that into beta and start testing that, uh, which would be interesting. So I looked uh, at the community I, focus. After you posted, I looked yeah. at the repo. It was all like three or four weeks ago. That that seems. I don't know Shane very well, but I know him well enough to at least, I think he probably looked at that, saw the hype around. He's like, I could build that and just, <laughs> just maybe pulled an all nighter, just built the whole damn thing. Uh, Cause it, it's all like, it looked like it was one push like three weeks ago. So it was, it's pretty cool. Hopefully he does it. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm battling tech support over here still. Um, yeah. It's, I think it's really cool. Like the, especially for stars in particular, like shipping uh, community based features like that, right? Like they're very community orientated. So makes sense for them to kind of ship those kind of community chats. And if you can get it on chain and it's away from, you know, web two type social, then I think we're making good steps, especially yep. if it's not using transactions, but it's uh, using your on-chain identity. I think those are kind of cool. Yep. Very cool. So Jay, Jake's uh, lurking in the chat and I said, was actually in the first version of Stargaze, which, which I remember stake, stake bird, uh, which was the, State, I'm pretty sure that was the name of it. Is uh, that, that the was, uh, the chat part or which part? That was the well. It was like it was like there was a bunch of stuff with uh, like yeah, sort of like uh, delegated staking um, and social staking and stuff. So it's something obviously that Shane's thought a lot about, and the rest of the Stargate team thought a lot about mm, over the years. So it's no surprise that obviously they've uh, got some thoughts about how that would uh, how that would work, and therefore. You know, I kind of I, I think there's that back to the thing that we've talked about with Stargaze before when we had Shane on Jorge on and we've also obviously talked to Jake about it too, at one point or another. 
like everybody knows the whole nft thing is basically a social thing and that's the way it works so mm-hmm. i think they from you know the the team very much started on the social side pivoted to the nft side because that had a bigger community than um web3 social and uh now heading back in that sort of direction which again kind of makes sense uh, as a kind of roadmap um yeah and to, and- to ensure to your point usurper like it's back to the thing of like the reason that stargaze is a pretty good project in cosmos terms is there a project that probably actually have a roadmap unlike most others <laughs> to be honest well I, I think it i mean other than getting away from derivatives and swapping tokens and everything else like there's a real product here that is a very early that can grow into a tremendous amount of different things right and i think the power of nfts are a Power of an NFT is still. I think there's there's a lot of use cases still left to be defined. I mean, I to of yet, so. Which one of the many random Cosmos coins that we as a company hold uh, from being early, I guess, that yeah. is likely to be worth anything in the future? That would probably be on Stargaze, to be honest. Yeah, uh, I, and I think like one time I, I remember I thought about this a few weeks ago, but I, I think one time I hear I, I might have said that Stargaze is undervalued in Cosmos, and like that's a that's a true statement, but not a very fair statement because it is extremely valuable and valued in Cosmos, and I think it's nowhere near what it should be. Like so, it's it's both valued and undervalued, but but I I really um, I mean that team the way that they ship, and I think. What's well, coming it, and the there's visibility also tension, and though, because you don't want like if you want that stuff to actually work like at a mass scale, like it can't be like ETH prices for NFTs, like that shit's fucking right. insane. Yeah, I agree. Um, or at least, yeah, well, so you well, it's it's all relative, so, right? Yeah, because so, so, yeah, yeah. So, so the problem yeah. the problem is actually that you have multiple, and this is why fiat currency works for what it works for, right? Is that you yeah. have one token trying to be all things to all men. Whereas it's actually not just one product, but it's an ecosystem of products that actually have orthogonal use cases. It's back to the thing of like, essentially validators, ideally always, they, they need to have money, right? They need to have money, they need to sell, right? But you don't want downward pressure on your token. Um, and you also don't want validators selling to affect NFT prices, but it will do if you, you know, it's all of these kind of, everything is kind of all in, interconnected. And it's all right. Yeah, in this bear market is back to the i don't know why australian contingent is always the most down with DeFi, but it's back down to to (laughs) to what our australian contingent always talk about with you know lsm and all this sort of stuff to reduce that kind of pressure or to change it and a lot of that is just because the app chain model is still the entire ecosystem has to be built on that new coin right and then when you get away from that and you go well we can just spin up any number of, of coins you end up going back to the proliferation of shit coins of ethereum but with like just a tiny a tiny footprint because each app chain in cosmos is like chicken feed compared to other than maybe atom there's chicken feed to a lot of the size of ecosystems that you need to be in order to have that proliferation of uh altcoins that's right. polite to them but but it's all relative like i mean even you never know how good you have it because like we do a lot of transactions in the Ethereum world too. And if I, if I can do an actual transfer, if I can do some things for under five bucks a transaction, I'm pretty happy. Like I, I like, I'm like, all right, this is a good deal. Like it's only $3 and 40 cents for me to send this, this token token. Um, so that's like maybe under 20, 25 Gwei, something somewhere that, right. I'm pretty ecstatic. And you go on Twitter and everybody's fucking bitching about less than one cent transaction fees in Cosmos. Like, yeah, I know it's not much, but I'm going to do a million of these. So therefore that really adds up folks. Like, like, 
I get it, but at the same time, like you, there has to be some balance there, right? To, like so, and and I, we want to get. I think we all want to get to the yeah. point of trying to reduce mint and we were trying to reduce inflation reduce inflation and be able to work off fees and like there has like to your point i think there ha- there's going to be a balance there and some chains will find that balance and and others will not like i think i think Rama said the same thing right like they like and whether or not that's all if all the pressure's on just the native token um that's a tough spot to be in because like we get usually paid in the native token right that's our that's our that's a way that we that we have to eat. And so therefore that we're automatically putting down pressure on. So what it is. I think uh, the uh, infinity swaps that's coming out very soon from what I hear um, will be, will be quite a catalyst, right? Like, you know, the, the previous marketplace experience where it is nice for stargaze, it's, it's just replicating, you know, very basic features that we have on kind of ETH and have had for a very long time. So having something new from a cosmos perspective with, you know, being able to LP your own tokens, um, reducing or removing um, uh, royalties for creators and then minting, you know, 10% of the collection for themselves and pairing it uh, against either stars or USDC. It kind of opens up a lot more of those kind of DeFi options and um, you will hopefully see kind of less direct sell pressure on the token because, uh, you know, rather than going to the marketplace and go, oh, do I want to buy that NFT? You can just do a straight swap. Be like, hey, I want to swap, you know, this amount of X token and I receive right. five of the related NFTs because the floor price is determined by how many are paired in the pool against said token. So um, I think with sec- secondary with different tokens, um, you know, Atom, USDC, whatever you want to do, uh, whilst also using something like Osmosis's um, uh, fee abstraction module as an example, mm-hmm where you can buy a token, uh, buy an NFT with Atom off the secondary, the mm-hmm. portion of that that's supposed to be burnt is swapped into stars and burnt with the fee abstraction module, as an example. So the community is still getting what it's you know promised via governance. You're not putting downward sell pressure on the token because it's the secondary is in a different token. Um, and perhaps you, know, you send a small percentage to the foundation or the community pool to start accruing value back into the chain itself to continue development and diversify the community pool, et cetera. Um, so there's lots of options there. It's just a matter of how you implement it and how long it takes to do it. Um, right. One of my criticisms of Cosmos is things take too long, right? Like, you know, six months to deliver infinity swaps on Stargaze, for example, uh, small teams on Ethereum deliver that in a few weeks, right? With a very basic website. And now we're in the position where we're releasing infinity swaps on Stargaze, uh, but they've already got curved pools on, on ethereum right uh, and we're already getting they're already moving on from you know these basic pooling mechanisms to different new mechanisms that they've invented on ethereum so we just need to kind of find that balance between delivering features and providing a good user experience to make sure we're staying relevant uh, if we're not staying relevant in terms of features and functionality of either defy or you know nfts we're not going to attract new users you know we need to be innovating and, and bringing new features that other people don't have uh, and uh, attracting users that way so yeah it's but i mean t- at the same time yeah. that's a little bit about money and everything isn't it like it's a little bit where we are oh I, not- I would say that it's the development cycle right like i think that cosmos prides itself on especially our like blue chip chains pride ourselves on delivering these incredibly good user experience you know concentrated liquidity and infinity swaps as two examples right they're going to be very nice features but they've taken a year to deliver but is that is that 
is that purely development or is that more just risk adverse because it's early and we want to make like those teams don't want to make incorrect steps or like, is that, is that just being cautious or because it's early for the ecosystem or is that, is that truly like we're all agreement? This is where we want to be. It just takes forever to be able to build. I think it's uh, probably cautious and also shows the lack of, you know, basic developer that we have in Cosmos. So, you know, in the bull market, we use Fortis as the example, right? Absolute crazy ride, degen. But the innovation that that opened up with, you know, pairing liquid, uh, pairing LPs against other base tokens, yeah, like that's a cool feature that other chains could use. And they're probably feature in their code that other chains could use. If we had yeah. degens building alternative marketplaces for stars where they shipped, you know, these like-for-like features on Ethereum very quick and dirty, and then Stargaze goes, oh, that's kind of cool. Let's, you know, add that as part of our D app or an additional feature. I just think it's, we're relying on these core okay. devs to build these core platform features. So they take their time with it uh, to make sure it's right. But that development yeah. cycle means that, you know, we miss out on other innovation opportunities. But Fortis also didn't work, right? It didn't stick. So you're also <laughs> relating, you're relating it to something that that fizzled. And so, and these, these teams are building for a decade. So they're not going to like just step into something that, like fr- from a from a consumer perspective, there might be ten chains that could do this job. So that, like we want to we want to see things happen fast and move forward. But from a team perspective, they're trying to hold on to the value and grow it at a at a sustainable rate, right? So they don't want to take that amount of risk and and risk something that could destroy the chain as well, right? For sure, right? And that, and that's why I said you know the two blue chip examples take the the slower, less risk averse approach. Yeah, you know, having something like you know these crazy features built on like Hua or something, right, is a perfect example of like. Based on what they uh, what did you say, Chihuahua. Oh, like that's where this DGen stuff should be built, right? And then you have your yeah, blue yeah, chips go. Right. Oh, is that is that nice? Let's leverage off that and, and bring that feature in. So, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And let and yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and and to your point, like Fortis was. You're right. Like like what they were, maybe not the the full package, but you're right. Is there reasonable components in there we could look at and say this is something that we want to we want to cherry pick out of this and be able to use somewhere else, right? Yeah. Uh, last news item, which funnily enough, the news now takes up the whole show. Uh, Composable Finance, uh, the first chain to uh, bring us an IBC connection to DOT, is requesting to join the Atom Economic Zone. Uh, in their original proposal, they asked for 450,000 atoms for protocol and liquidity, which was very swiftly removed after some basic questions from the community. Uh, their plan is to make the hub the IBC router for the interchange, for the inter connected network of blockchains uh and they're you know they've pitched a bunch of revenue through ibc transactions uh and they're gonna provide 8 million pika tokens which is their their chains token uh per day for the validator set from inflations and uh the pika token's got a bunch of zeros in front of its price and it's down 80 percent since may so i think there's probably some questions around economic sustainability there uh, and transaction volumes. But, yes, uh, put it up. <laughs> yeah. It's, what's a little bit more price pressure on the Atom validator set? It's fine. We okay. Uh, so that's an interesting one. I think uh, initially there was some you know scrutiny around the founder, uh, which is always going to happen. But I'm more interested in the economic model, right? Like currently there's been about 5,000 volume across their decks. Uh, in dollars, so like how much IBC volume have we had from DOT to Cosmos? And five thousand USD. Yeah, not five thousand transactions. Five thousand dollars straight up. 
across the entire thing? From what I can see, uh, it's very difficult to see because they they're on PingPub, and I think the, the IBC client uh, wasn't bytecodes don't decode very well. So like actually tracking transaction volume is very difficult. So I, I can only use their decks as like a catalyst of how much has been swapped through as an example, which is quite low, which gives me an indication that there's probably not a whole lot of IBC transaction on top. Um, the main thing is like, I would have thought that if people were interested in being cross ecosystem, we would have seen like a decent uptick in, you know, dot being LP'd on osmosis as an example. What, like, was what the, is going to be the catalyst for this? Was the dot from Composable ever marked as like the canonical dot? Because you can also get dot through Axelar, right? So, I think, yeah, right. So I believe because it's now through IBC, it's going to be. I don't know if it's actually gone through on chain as the canonical dot. Okay. But okay. Uh, the composable chain Centuri will be basically it's going to hold all the denoms for everything that comes from dot. Um, and they plan to do that for like AVAX and ETH, and they want it to be an AAZ chain and provide twenty percent of the revenue back to the hub. So. My biggest thing is like the transaction volume, right? Like why would people bring their dot to Cosmos other than being long on dot and then using it in DeFi to earn some Cosmos assets? I, I just don't see the big catalyst here. And it's the what same for like AVAX got- and stuff, right? Like you're just going to swap. Yeah. Well, it's also about the size of the ecosystem like and, and what you can do and what can you do in Cosmos that you can't do in Polkadot. I mean, there's quite a few things, but they mainly are. I mean, they're mainly technical, really. Like as a developer, there's a lot of reasons for being in the Cosmos ecosystem rather than the Polkadot one. But to the end user, way maybe you don't care. Uh, you know, you're just a a, a shitcoin investor. Um, uh, yeah, potato, potato. No. And, and the biggest thing is, which is why I think Composal has been going around asking for protocol and liquidity from a bunch of DEXs, Neutron, Atom. I assume they'll ask for Osmo as well, uh, is like, you'll bring your dot across, you might use it in something, but at the end of the day, you're going to most likely need to or want to swap it at some point. And if you don't have liquidity along that path, then it's essentially useless bridging it across. Right. Answer your question. And, uh, Schultz, that is coming across through Moonbeam, not XLR, but that's coming through Moonbeam um, on Osmo. I thought Moonbeam was through XLR. Is it? Yeah. yeah that's what I thought. Oh, it's just a front end? Yeah. Oh my yeah. bad. There's there's other dot that's not visible or usable anywhere. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Interesting. Anywho, uh, you know, Adam Economic Zone props are always fun. So uh we'll see if it gets on chain and how that plays out. You gotta work on your <laughs> order of these. You kinda left a down note. You gotta work on the order of these. Yeah, Wait, I think that's a great news. More more chains wanting to join the AEZ, it's bullish, don't you think? <laughs> Even though you said <laughs> It's not going to happen, but yeah, it's bullish. <laughs> Quality. I'm, I, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not an atom validator. I don't. I am not gifted the opportunity to vote to uh, you know change the world. This feels a little bit like quantity is a quality all of its own. Um, you know, whenever there's like another one of these projects coming along, you're a little bit like, hmm. I mean, it might do something, but it might not. And I've been wrong before, so now I'm just like. <sighs> You know, it, yeah, it's kind of, I guess it's all kind of back to the bullish or bullshit from Ben Davis in the chat. Yes, indeed. It's kind of all back to the, like the match. I I think like impossibly, this is like the, the vestiges of half an economic degree, 
poking through but I, I guess i look at some of that stuff and i go well you know the user base isn't significantly different and what can we offer like the average user that they could do in their own eco and it's like definitely bullish to have it right may as well why not but you're also just like you know it's not enough to turn the needle on anything significant that's like a macro question that's like a macro question of where we are with inflation the wider economy access to liquidity access to fiat what people have in their own pockets right and i'm not sure we can just create derivatives to get ourselves out of that problem like because fundamentally like somewhere somebody's getting paid for their day job and eventually that money ends up as liquidity somewhere uh you know as shit coins right mm -hmm. but but like you know the 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 vector for it all the party all happening is somewhere far away from where we are for the majority of users like nobody's getting paid in